there, Wyndham and Willimantic. It's Tuesday, January 16th, and you're listening to The Neighborhood. This is Anita Sebastian with my co-host, Ernie Eldridge. Well, uh, folks, uh, I guess I probably will get, get through with all of the amenities here, whatever you want to call it. We'd like to thank, uh, uh, yeah, Costello Waste. I want to still call it Willimantic Waste, favorite Costello Waste for for uh, sponsoring our show, and I want to thank the town crews and everything, and the state crews. They're doing a great job keeping our roads open. Boy, it's going to be an icy, dicey night tonight. i got to tell you, folks, if you're coming to the town council meeting, which we have at 7 o'clock at town hall, please take it easy because it's not, not the best night for man nor beast outside. I'd like to thank Matt behind the dials, who always saves my butt. Thank you last week, Matt. I just... Couldn't get it together. I don't know. I had this rotten cold and just couldn't get it together. And I don't have my sidekick. And when I don't have my sidekick, I, I just can't do it. How's that? So, and well, we, that's nice to say, sweetie. Oh, so anyways, we'd like to thank Willie Radio for uh, sponsoring, uh, for allowing us to have the show, 1400 AM and 95.3 FM. Well, we don't have any guests tonight because it's just such rotten weather. Everybody wanted to stay home. And uh, so, anyways. <laughs> including us. <laughs> including us. There you go. You know, we, are, we are recording from home tonight, even though I've got to go to a council meeting at uh, 7. And, uh, anyways, you know, this kind of weather kind of, you wonder about things. You know, we, folks, we, we live in a. I was going to say. Yes. Th- this is the kind of night where you kind of want to curl up in your easy chair with a nice cup of tea or hot coffee and just kind of hunker down. Well, how about this house was built in 1740? I wonder if they had Lazy Boy recliners then and uh, and you hunkered down or anything. I probably doubt it. Oh, uh, yeah, I, 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 you're right. <laughs> yeah, we live in a 1740 house, and a lot of times weather like this, uh, I, I think back, geez, it's terrible. You know how much uh, they had to haul wood and burn wood and, and, and stuff? Why are you looking at me funny, Anita? Because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We 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 haul wood. And we we split wood. We haul wood. And we burn wood. Uh, we have a nice wood range. Like they say, you know, firewood warms you many times. Sure, you get twice exactly right. You stack it. Yes, you stack it. You bring it in the house. Okay. And then you finally get around to burning it. There we go. Now. If in the middle, before you stack it, if you don't get stuff that's cut to the right length or the it's not the right width, then you could get warm another time. There we go. Absolutely. Splitting it. Anyways, I think that's enough. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> but just think about how it was in, in, in olden days. How's that? Even though we live, I think we live pretty primitively, even though we do have a flush toilet and running water, which is, you know, we still have a four-hole outhouse out and back that if worst came to worst, we could use if we had to. But but uh, anyway. Right now, it's good for the tools. It's, uh, yeah, yeah it's good for, the, the outhouse is good for holding our utensils, exactly right, our tools, our shovels, our, our rakes, our hose, our things like that. So, But anyways. You know, I, I think I guess you got to think about spring sometimes in the weather like this. You think, boy, spring is only so many days away. Let's right, say, right. Maybe you have seventy to have days hope. away or eighty days away or something like that. But you know, just think about wedding. When was when was the uh, best time of year for a wedding, Anita? Do you do you have a guess if we were gonna? Well, there's there's a, a traditional tradition. a traditional month to have a wedding is in June, and you know that's kind of it, it, it's it's. 
set for it, though. There's some people who like to do have it in the winter and stuff like that. But usually June is the one that you see the June brides. Let's put it that way. And all the dress comes out. And why do you think they had it in June? I wonder. Well, you know, um, I think it had a lot to do with cleanliness. Oh, yes. Your annual bath. Exactly right. You had your annual bath in May. Okay. And that was the big thing. Now, Dad, of course, you know, I'm going to take my suspenders here and click them a little bit. Dad, of course, he got the first into the tub. Let's put it that way. And then it was... He got the cleanest water. Cleanest water. And then there was mom, okay? And you can only hope that maybe you were the older brother or older sister because you got in next and it goes down and down and down and down. Hopefully there wasn't too many kids in the family. And, And as time went on, not only did the water get dirtier... But it also got colder. Oh, and, oh okay. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Well, we always had hot water in our house, even though, you know, we here maybe not. But when I was born and raised, hi, Mom, we, we still had hot water over there. So, But anyways, <clears throat> the last one in, of course, was the baby. All right. I mean, yep. you had the baby. And the last one in was the baby. And it didn't complain too much here when you cleaned it up in the cold, murky water. But, but you had to be careful of something, didn't you, Nita? You sure did. Now, you, you got this cold, murky water, and you wanted to be careful not to throw the baby out with a bath. Ah, we've heard that before. A lot of these are what, what we're trying to put together is how some sayings came together. Let's put it that way. So anyways, traditionally, here's the bride. She's going to come down the aisle. And uh, she's carrying a bouquet of flowers, okay, which they still do today. I mean, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a tradish, tradition to have the bouquet of flowers. But it was there for a reason back in those days. And what was the reason, do you think, Anita? Well, if you only had your bath in May, and here it is already June, and it might have been hot weather. So uh, you might have, and of course, they didn't have things like deodorants during that time so you'd want to have this nice bouquet of flowers so you'd be smelling something nice that's exactly right and, and your 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 new spouse is going to be smelling something nice. I guess it, you know yeah, I, I guess true. it works both ways so so the bouquet of flowers was there because of that reason and it's just carried on a tradition to carry a bouquet of flowers as such so anyways you get yourself married or hitched or whatever you want to call it depends upon what's part of the part of the united states you're from but uh get married or hitched or uh i don't know another word for it but anyways uh the biggest thing was and you see in olden days and uh, well even even up into the 50s or 60s i don't think anybody does it any longer but it was to what anita what would the room do well if they were coming after the ceremony if they were coming into their home yes um the biggest thing would be for the groom to carry the bride into the house. I'm going to have to ask my mom if dad carried her into the house or not. To be very honest with you, over the threshold. Over the threshold. Over the threshold. There's a word that everybody says, the threshold. And the threshold is still there today. If you go and have a house built or, or whatever or replacement, the threshold is right on the bottom of the door. Just as you come in the door, you step on it, and it's the threshold. But it's got its name from a certain problem that was there. <laughs> now, our house probably always had wooden floors, okay, even 1740. I don't see any dirt floors. But our our basement has dirt floors. Yes, exactly correct, yeah. We're not going to change that right away. Anyway, so there used to be a house right here. In fact, it's on the corner of Back Road, right on the corner of very early house 
and that had dirt floors. I can remember my Aunt Virginia saying that the young lady who lived there, who was her friend, they lived with dirt floors. And I can remember that uh, Mr. Finkelstock, which is up past my parents' house, they had a small shack that the uh, person who took care of it, a caretaker, lived in. And he had a dirt floor is what he had in that little shack. And it's there no longer, but it was only a one-room little shack, and he lived there. His name was Ernie. I remember that. And he had bright red hair, and he played wonderful baseball is what he did. But he was a caretaker for Fiegelstock's uh, farm. Anyways, you had dirt floors. So, so is that where they got the, the term dirt floor? Oh, from? I probably came from dirt floor. Dirt poor, exactly right, from dirt floors. There we go. That's a mouthful there. They can say that three times fast. But anyways... So the richer people or the more affluent people would have had like slate or stone or something else in the floor, okay? Because at that point in time, they probably didn't have basements and houses, you know. We're talking early on, real early on, okay, where our settlers came in before it was even the United States and before it was even had anything to do with America. It was basically colonies is what it was. But anyways... So what would happen if it got wet, Anita? If, if stone gets wet, I mean, certain types of stone, like, yes. like slate, yes. if they get wet, they, they were slippery. Exactly correct. So what you would have is you'd have the byproduct, byproduct of, I think it's wheat or one of those type products, let's put it that way, and you'd put it down on the floor, okay? And it's called fresh is what it is. So you'd have that on the floor to kind of give you a little bit of traction, traction, right? And maybe a little bit of holding the water or whatever, you know, absorption of the water. But the problem was it would go out the door is what it would do. It just would flow out the door. As you're walking out, you're going to take this fresh with you. Sure. So what do you do? You put some kind of a barrier to dam it up to make sure it doesn't come out. So you have that piece of board right there at the end of the door called a threshold is what it was. Now, our our house is uh, had some changes uh, in what, 1890, was it, Anita? No, it was in the 1860s. 1860s, okay, yep. where they took all the center fireplaces out. Now, center fireplaces were very popular in early capes like ours and even colonials and, and houses like that where you had maybe three fireplaces, one one room and one the other and so on and you had center fireplaces of what you had <laughs> and uh, that's how you heated it you really did you know and, you and the one in the kitchen would usually be very large like yes. a, like a walk-in yeah you could walk right into the son of a gun there and and you'd cook your food on it but it always ran is what it did or always was ran is in the correct word it always was burning how's that it always yeah. had a fire in it. and you know it, it it's one of those things that uh it's kind of interesting. You had to have a, a crane to hold pots and different adjustable trammels and things like that so you can carry the pots up and down so so that you get away from the fire or get it into the fire. And uh, Nowadays, we have knobs on our stove. Oh, is that, that, do, is that what that does? Yeah, high, okay. medium, and low kind of things. Yeah, yeah you, you know, that, they, this, way, this way you had to just hike the pipe what? up or yeah. <laughs> the pot up or the pot down. Right. But uh, anyways, you know, it uh, uh, is kind of interesting just reading about it. We, we do at the Jilson House, we have done 
some uh, hearts cooking is what mm-hmm. we have done, you know. And you do soups and you do roasts and you do revolving ovens there, a toaster type, a revolving oven, not toaster oven. Reflector oven. Reflector oven. That's the word I need, yep. that you do some birds and stuff like that. And, but anyways, you know, this this uh, when you made a pot or you made some porridge or or I guess you could call it porridge or soup or whatever you made. You know, you made this big pot of it in a cast iron pot, and it sat there all day long. It would just chug-a-lugga, 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 just like our pea soup is doing tonight. And uh, it would come out really wonderful, especially over the uh, the wood fire. But what did you do when you got done? Now well, Nowadays, people take the pan and they dump the thing in and take it to the refrigerator and put the remains in the refrigerator and clean the pot and then that's it. But back then that's not what they did. They and they didn't want to eat every every last little bit. They wanted to save a little bit of it so that they had like a starter for the next batch. Just kind of like the same kind of thing that they would do with sourdough bread dough. They would save a little bit of it so that they had a starter for the next batch. Because of yeast in the bread or bread. something yep. like that? Is that what it was? But the pot, like I said, you'd, you'd keep it in the pot, and then you'd make another pot full of it, and then you just keep on eating it and keep on the pot going. And, you know, pea porridge pot hot, pea porridge cold, pea porridge in the pot nine days old. So that's kind of where that word came from. So anyways, <laughs> if you were – proud of what you did okay i mean you were you know you were uh one let's say you were a a breadwinner okay is what you were let's say mm-hmm. you were a breadwinner but there's two kinds of bread is there not anita two types of bread you have have the upper crust which oh, was yeah. okay and then you had the lower crust i guess you know, my, my father had a word for the upper crust, it was, you know, but I, I can't use it on the radio as such. But everybody that was healthy and so they were upper crust. They, could be, they were special, you know, and they were the top of the loaf or something. And the other people would get the bottom of the loaf is what they'd get. Like us poor people here, you know, they live in 1740 houses and have to burn wood. But uh, I always liked the, the heel of the bread. Anyways, my dad was, I guess I got that from my dad. My dad liked the heel. A lot of people don't, you know, you, you, you watch on the Internet and people say, what is this? called you know and of course it's the heel of the bread and everybody goes oh man we just throw that out you know or give it to the birds or something but you don't eat the heel of the bread do you um if given the choice no okay but i use it in things like make to make breadcrumbs for meatloaf and oh stuff you see like that. that you see that anyways but you don't want it to go to waste you're always proud of something and you know you you were proud of bringing home the bacon let's put it that way you bring home the bacon that's what the guys did they brought home the bacon now it's probably changed a lot of women bring home the bacon nowadays but <laughs> so you had this big hunk of bacon in there and it was probably smoked is what it was you know because that's how you preserve things back right then. it was either that or salt and they, they usually exactly. didn't salt, salt things like that they usually because bacon is already salty. salted exactly right so you have my, my dad used to love to go and buy um a ham, okay, like a Virginia ham or something. We'd go out traveling, and he'd buy a Virginia ham, or he'd be camping down there, and he'd bring it home, and he'd hang it into the this stairway going down to the cellar is where he'd hang it. You know, and you look in there, and all of a sudden, there might be a little bit of green, whatever, growing on the outside. Never bothered you at all. You kind of scraped it off, and you ate the stuff is what you did, you know, because it was all cooked. It was so good. It just, you know, you had a little bit of something on the outside, but 
you learn you learn as a kid, you know, or he did anyways, not to waste not whatnot, that's for sure. So anyway, you should bring home the bacon and you hang it in there and you show it off whenever you had people coming over that might have a little pea porridge pot, hot pea porridge cold or whatever. And you'd be sitting around, and uh, so you know you'd, you'd look at the bacon, and you'd go and you take a knife and you cut off a little hunk here, a little hunk there, a little hunk there, and you pass it around. And so, what were you doing when you were sitting there, jawing and passing around uh, the bacon? You're chewing the fat. Chewing the fat, exactly right. That's where that came from. Chewing the fat. Okay, so people still sit around and chew the fat. I think from time to time. Is that correct? Yeah. Only nowadays they they might do something like uh, jerky beef jerky. Or oh, okay. I had thought of that. That's actually about probably a good whatever a relationship or a good uh, uh, the, the correct term. I just lost in my head, but analogy maybe an analogy exactly right. <laughs> now it's beef jerky. You <laughs> just sit around instead of chewing on the bacon. You chew on the beef jerky. But I'm not sure if that's any better or not. To be very honest with you, but you know uh, you could tell rich people from poor people in Eden. You know how to tell rich people from poor people? This, oh. this is kind of a joke. It's exactly what it is, but go ahead. Oh, how, how did you tell rich people from poor people? Well, rich people had a can of pee above the bed, and poor people had a can of pee under the bed. So, oh. uh, I mean, canopies did serve a purpose for, for different uh, things falling off the ceiling and stuff like that, okay? Because it protects you from that. And, and you had said that it probably made it a little bit warmer or something like that. But right, because then they often added curtains on the mm -hmm. side, so they really kept... But I think it, it kept whatever creatures were up in the top of the house from dumping down. In fact, talk about creatures in the house. <clears throat> in early days, we didn't have shingles or, or tin roofing or or that type of thing. Back right. Real early, what did we have? They they were thatched roof. Thatched roof, exactly right. Like straw thatch or something like mm -hmm. that is what it was. And that was fairly common in a lot of the uh, colonies here in wherever in the upcoming United States, let's put it that way. Right, so. because that, that's what they were <coughs> used to over in Europe. Right. Um, a lot of the, um, what would they probably be called like the middle class? Yes. That's what they had on their roofs. Well, sure, sure. And they had dirt floors probably. Yeah. But anyways, so what, what would happen is the heat always would rise from the fireplace, okay, up to the top. And that would be nice and dry up there. And yep. all of your different animals that lived in your house, okay, whether it be a cat or whether it be a dog, they'd be up in the eaves over near the ceiling there where it's nice and warm. Uh, even, I'm sure, a few mice or something like that would be there that the, that the, yeah. that the cat didn't catch. Like, for that way. Probably some little bugs and stuff. Yeah, too. exactly right. Well, that's why you had a canopy. But you know what would happen is when it got wet, what happens to threshes or for a thatched roof is it gets slippery is what it does. It gets slippery. So what would happen when it really rained very hard? Well, with that slippery, the whatever creature was living there, might not have as great a hold on their uh, thatches, you know, and, and they'd fall. Right. So you'd be raining cats and dogs. That's how you get that from. You're raining cats and dogs is what you're raining. And our dog is sitting here snoring at us. So You got about get two that? minutes. Oh, about two minutes. Oh, we're going to have to end it up here pretty quick. And so why don't we just go real quickly uh, to uh, a couple of things. Oh, just one thing. How about... Uh, 
if you were, we call them P4 is what we call them. How's that? And why do we call them P4? Well, back in those olden days, of course, didn't have bathrooms and people had what they called chamber pots. Yes. And they kept them under their beds so that in the wintertime, when the weather was really bad, and if you had to go, you wouldn't have to run out to the outhouse. Right. You had a pot under your bed that you'd exactly right. do your business Now, with. if you didn't have a house or a window, you didn't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out <laughs> no. of. But actually, you would take that down to the cannery, and you would sell it. As a poor person, you'd sell your pot of pee. So you were pee poor is what you were. So, But anyways, those are where those, all those crazy terms come from. So. I guess we're down to our last minute. It sounds like for Matt is telling us. Yes. Okay, Matt, you're the man. I got to tell you, you're the man. Thank you very much. And there is a little more here, but we're going to save it for another time maybe is what we're going to do. Yep. Something I would like to remind everyone, if you're suffering from cabin fever this weekend, come on down to Eastbrook Mall. We have an antiques and crafts show. Uh, and uh, we've got a couple of new vendors. That First time for us. Uh, one of them being someone who has, carries pet accessories. Get us out of here. Talk about pets because Matt's getting nervous there. Okay. Uh, this is Anita Sebastian for my co-host, Ernie Eldridge, wishing everyone a great week out there in the neighborhood. Sweet dreams, Funky. Okie dokie, Loki. We're on our way. Whoa, we're here. And you're snoring, sweet pea. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs>